Welcome to Lord and Richards Radio, a program that will enable you to become more financially independent and prosperous from a biblical point of view. Tune in each week to learn how to prosper through good markets and bad. Now, here's our host, Colin Richards, Denver's biblical investment advisor. Hi, friends. I'm glad to be with you today on Lord and Richards Radio. I'm Colin Richards founder and president of Lord & Richards. We're a team of advisors who are dedicated to helping people just like you retire financially independent. And we're doing that every single day. On this show, we're discussing investing and planning from the perspective of key biblical principles, a little bit different way of looking at money. We also talk about how to use methods and strategies that will enable you to prosper through both up and down markets. And that's so important in today's volatile world. I'd love to chat with you. My team and I would love to help you talk to you about your specific questions regarding retirement and saving and investing from a biblical point of view. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Well, as we always do, we're going to begin with a biblical principle today regarding stewardship. And this principle is found in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. It simply says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So will your barns be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. Now, you might be saying, well, I'm not a farmer or I don't have a vineyard. How does this apply to me? And the fundamental principle of giving we find here actually starts with honoring the Lord. Those of you who have listened to us for any length of time know one of our core values or core principles at Lord and Richards is to fear the Lord. Not in the sense of trembling, although those who do not honor him should fear him in that way, but in the sense of reverential awe, to live a life for his glory and to regard him in all that we do is to fear the Lord. Uh, once we do that, then we can demonstrate where our heart is by where our treasure is. Our Lord said that in the book of Matthew in that wonderful passage of Scripture where he describes what real stewardship is, and he says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So your giving really is a window into your living. It shares what's important to you, where you spend money, uh, reveals what your life is really all about. And so the admonition here is, hey, folks, let's put God first, not only in how we live our life and, you know, just going to church on the first day of the week, but actually let's put him first in how we spend our money. And of course, that means we're going to give. We're going to give to our church. We're going to give to other things that God directs us to do. And the Bible has a lot to say about being a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver is the literal meaning of that word. And, you know, I feel like, based on my understanding of Scripture, the tithe is really kind of the baby standard. It's the starting point for uh, God's people. It was his standard when Israel was uh, really the infant example of a people that were following God. And now he expects those of us who are walking with him in the New Testament era, under the New Covenant, to have a more inspired view of giving, not as a duty or responsibility, but as a joy, as a delight. 
But but in addition to giving to causes, to charity, and especially to the work of the Lord in our local community through our church, we also want to think about, are we honoring God in how we spend our money? You know, are, are the things that we're putting our money into honoring Him? Uh, beginning with how we spend, you know, do we overspend? Do we go beyond really what would be a prudent way of living? Many people that I meet, unfortunately, have expenses that exceed their income, and that debt just keeps going up, up, up. And with their spending, people are essentially revealing a lack of trust in God to provide for what they really need and overspending. Or maybe spending on things that would not honor God. You know, God gave you a conscience. He gave his spirit to dwell in you. If you're his child, you should have a pretty good idea based on God's word of what is right and wrong. And putting our money into things that dishonor the Lord violates this principle of honoring him with our substance. In addition, we really want to think about not just where we give and place our money for giving or charitable purposes, not just how we we spend our money, but we want to think about the results that he's talking about here. He says, if you'll do that with the first of what comes off of your business or your paycheck or wherever it is, you get increase, income then the result is going to be your barns will be filled with plenty. You say, I don't have a barn. Uh, it says your presses will burst out with new wine. I don't have a vineyard. Well, what he's really talking about is blessing. Now, of course, God will take care of your needs financially. You're going to not suffer financially. The Bible says that he, uh, the, the scripture says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God always takes care of his people. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is able to provide. The scripture tells us that our God will supply all our need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But not just financial blessings are in mind here. I think we're also talking about the blessings of the most important things in life. You know, in my life, I think about my children. I think about my wife. I think about health. I think about longevity. I think about influence. In the prayer of Jabez, we hear Jabez praying that God would expand or enlarge his coasts. And you know, you and I aren't nations, so what is that talking about? Well, it's talking about the sphere of influence, the sphere of opportunity. And as we honor God, not just in our substance, but with our whole life, he expands our opportunity and gives us more and more opportunity uh, to do good for him. So the expectation is if you'll honor and fear the Lord, if that's the pattern of your life, if you'll demonstrate where your heart is in your giving, and your giving shows that, hey, that's where where the course of my life is set, then you can expect God to bless you in the most meaningful ways, not just in money, but in all of the things that matter. You know, as I talk to people about money, even Christians can become overwhelmed maybe with anxiety or fear. And people that we're talking to, just like you, every single day are worried about what's going on in this world. They're worried about uh, the political crises overseas and here in our country. They're worried about the volatility of the stock market. They're worried that events out of their control are going to harm their retirement. And you might be in the same position. So what we're doing at Lord & Richards is we're helping you build a plan to achieve financial independence so you can enjoy retirement without worry from a biblical point of view. And, you know, that includes giving, having a plan to give. One of my favorite things to do is to show someone, hey, 
you're going to make it. And with the right guidance, you've got a very high probability of never running out of money. So why not begin thinking about the things you want to do, starting with giving, honoring God with that. And it's a wonderful conversation when we get to have when we get to do that. So we want you to be financially independent too, so that you can do amazing things for God with all the bountiful resources at your disposal. You say, well, what can I do? Well, it, it probably starts with a conversation with us, with me and my team. We would love to help you. We'd love to visit with you and talk to you about how you can be financially independent, how you can put a plan in place to know that you'll never run out of money and that you always have the resources so that God can use you to do amazing things. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Hi folks, this is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord and Richards, and I'm just blessed to have a wonderful team of advisors that are helping people just like you every single day to achieve financial independence. And today we're talking about the psychology of money, but we began in the previous segment with Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, reminding ourselves to put God first in money, to honor Him with the first fruits. Once we've done that, we need to really take into account what's going on in our world so that we can invest and we can plan and we can save in a context. Recently, I had a great opportunity to sit in on a conversation with a familiar name, a household name, somebody you might have seen on Fox News. He's the host of Fox's Making Money, and it's Charles Payne. Charles is really an outstanding man, and I enjoyed hearing what he had to say. And I'm going to share with you some of the key takeaways that I took from that conversation. First of all, on the subject of inflation, you and I need to be aware that as the cost of everything is rising, that that includes lifestyle, cost of living. Uh, as, as, as I look at my children and the world that they're inheriting, basic things like a home are becoming out of reach, unaffordable. You know, here in Denver, where we broadcast this program, uh, house, housing is skyrocketing. So much so that my own family, my own son, said, hey, Dad, I'm going to have to move somewhere where the cost of living is more affordable. Boy, does that break a parent's heart, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's real. We're creating a class of people, a whole class of people with no assets due to the high cost of living because they're not able to afford things like a home. And now, because of inflation, the Fed is beginning to finally take action and try to reverse the government's mistake in speeding up and uh, the velocity pardon me the velocity of money and oversupplying us with money through all the stimulus packages and now they're starting to cut rates to try to slow down that velocity of money and what that's going to do of course is um, if we if we have a soft landing great you know uh, Jerome Powell is promising us, promising us we're going to have a soft landing. We're going to cut gradually. You won't see, you'll hardly even notice that we cut rates. And that happens sometimes, but most of the time we, we see a hard landing. And for those of you who are wondering, well, when, when are we going to see a rate cut again? Well, probably not for a good while. Not until we see that 18-month Treasury yield curve invert. And so what are we, we going to do? Well, fortunately, people haven't yet 
uh, really realize the impact of this. They're gonna they're gonna do this as they see their savings deplete. But if people are spending down their money, instead of putting in their money into durable goods, they're putting their money into travel. And I know this is true for our family. We've gone some places. Uh, people were just you know locked down and locked up and confined for too long. And so there's this pent up demand to get out and enjoy experiences. That was already a characteristic of my generation and the generations that are coming beyond me that they want that they value experiences more than goods and and that's a good thing uh so we're seeing people hit the road seeing people get out and we're going to see more and more hopefully recovery in the service sector another thing that we've discovered is that we really need the growth of the stock market the growth of our portfolio as the antidote to inflation. People ask me, Colin, what do I do in a high inflation environment? Well, just like the last time we saw double-digit inflation in the late 70s, early 80s, as Ronald Reagan took office, we saw that the markets themselves became a balm to that pain. Uh, we saw the S&P fi- uh, 500 uh, double over that period of double-digit inflation. We saw the uh, NASDAQ quadruple. So your answer is stay invested. And what we've seen, though, is as people react to the volatility of the market, they make the the tragic error of just going all into cash with no growth opportunity. That's a mistake. One of the things that used to protect us from some of that volatility was the good old 60-40 stock bond portfolio. And it was interesting. Charles has, has echoed what many of us who are in the advising side, not the media side, but the actual client-facing advice side, have been saying for years, the 60-40 stock bond percentage portfolio is dead. That idea was you would put maybe 60% of your portfolio in stocks and about 40% in bonds. Now, first of all, just having a rigid allocation like that is not good planning. Uh, We want to go beyond that, and we want to customize that based on where we are in life, where our goals are. And this is why developing a, a comprehensive financial plan for you is so critical. But just speaking in general, that blend of stocks and bonds hasn't been working partially because Bonds have just been terrible for people. The bull run is over. It's been decades long. And so Charles's advice is the same advice I've been giving my clients. We need to find a substitute, an alternative to bonds. And the good news is there are alternatives available. It's not bonds. It's a substitute for bonds. There are places that you can go and put your money and have either a relatively safe or a completely principal-protected portion of your portfolio that can still grow at a reasonable moderate level to mimic what we used to get from bonds and to avoid over-investing in securities, in equities, in stocks. Because when you dump all that money into stocks, you become much more sensitive to the natural market downturns. And the timing could impact your retirement date. It could impact your ability to withdraw money from your portfolio when you need it the most. We've had a really unusual recent market, though, because just like in 2008, we saw not only stocks, but bonds both go down at the same time. You say, how did that happen? I thought bonds were supposed to offset that. Well, what happened is, as we see um, interest rates getting cut, you know, and as we see uh, the stock market being volatile, we have this, this effect of a reduction in both the stock and the bond market value. And so it's impacting people. 
Now, right now, the majority of active managers are actually outperforming passive. Uh, what does that mean? Well, Charles pointed out that, you know, for, for a long time, people have just been dumping money into exchange-traded funds and other places where they can just passively follow the market. Let the wind take us wherever, you know, open the sails. And we do believe there's a place for that. We actually call it strategic investing, where we, you know, ride the wave. But we also have discovered that right now, the majority of active managers are actually doing better for their clients. Why? Because they're reacting to things like we've been talking about, the need for bond substitutes, the concerns about rates, the concerns about volatility. And the best results are going to those who, in the context of great active management, are also developing a comprehensive plan. At Lord & Richards, we call that a financial independence review, where we sit down together we talk about your goals and values, and then we develop a comprehensive plan. We, we, we start by testing your current portfolio, and then we suggest alternatives that will help you to get where you need to go and where your goals say you want to go in the best way possible. How does that begin? That starts with a conversation, an opportunity to just chat with uh, me or my team about your values, your goals, what's important to you, and then how money needs to support that. I would suggest we have a conversation. I think it would be extremely valuable to you. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Hi, this is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord & Richards, and in this segment of our show, we're going to be talking about a recent read that I had called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And in a recent excerpt, one of our segments, I talked about a guy named Ronald Reed. He's got an amazing Wikipedia entry if you have time to read it, but it basically lists him as a gas station attendant, a, um, he used to work for J.C. Penney as a janitor, and then it says he was a philanthropist. He, he died in 2014 and left behind a fortune of $8 million. It was a remarkable story, and it was a, and it was a model of long-term, just consistently saving and investing in the simplest of ways. And a principle I want to derive out of that today is that financial success is not a hard science. It's not about getting the degrees. It's not about, you know, uh, mentoring under somebody. It really is a soft skill where how you behave is more important than what you know. Those life principles that we learn so often when we're young from our parents and our grandparents and from other people in our lives are really what are going to make you more successful as opposed to whether or not you have an MBA from Harvard and that kind of thing. You say, well, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, let me contrast for you. So we have Ronald Reed on the one hand, janitor, custodian, multimillionaire at death. On the other hand, we have Richard Foscone, who passed away in the same year. Or he didn't pass away, but he had a, he had a big event. Richard Foscone was everything that this down-to-earth guy Ronald Reed was not. You know, he went to Harvard. He got the MBA. He was a Merrill Lynch executive. He was so successful in finance that he retired in his 40s and became a philanthropist as well. Former Merrill CEO David Kamansky praised Foscone's business-savvy, 
leadership skills, sound judgment, and personal integrity. What a guy. As a matter of fact, he made the 40 under 40 top business people list. So here he is in retirement. He's a philanthropist, but he's obviously going to be spending a lot on himself because in the 2000s, Fascone borrowed heavily to expand his 18,000-square-foot home in Greenwich, Connecticut. I'm always kind of amazed at where people put their money, and an 18,000-square-foot home just seems to be a little excessive. It had 11 bathrooms, two elevators, two pools, and guests recalled the thrill, quote, of dining and dancing atop a see-through covering on the home's indoor swimming pool. He had seven garages, and it cost almost $100,000 a month just to maintain this home. When the 2008 crisis hit, it turned Fuscone's finances to dust. He had a really high debt, obviously, because he was investing heavily in himself and he was borrowing heavily for things like these homes. Uh, he had illiquid assets, so it left him literally bankrupt. He told a bankruptcy judge in 2008, I currently have no sources of income. His Palm Beach house was the first to be foreclosed, and then the Greenwich Mansion, his 18,000-square-foot prize, went down in flames as well. It was sold in 2014, just five months before Ronald Reed left his fortune to charity for only 75% of the appraised value. Wow. What a contrast. Now, of course, one of the lessons is be like Ronald Reed, right? Invest like Ronald Reed. Uh Wealth gotten hastily will dwindle, but he who gathers little by little will see it increase. Proverbs 13, 11. We've talked about that many times. But in addition, there's another area here that we can learn from. In what other area of life, what other skill set besides finance, besides money, does someone with no college degree, no training, no background in the, in the field, no formal experience, and no connections massively outperform somebody who has all the best of all that stuff. It's unusual. You wouldn't hear of a brain surgeon, you know, being outperformed by somebody who had never been trained. You wouldn't hear of somebody building a, a more exquisite skyscraper than somebody who hadn't trained to become an architect. But yet in finance, it seems that behavior trumps those hard skills that we develop in places like colleges and in internship programs with big brokerage firms. So as you think about yourself, what I want you to remember is this, is that the key is to be the kind of person who behaves well, especially during periods of market volatility. I really was able to look at my clients' behavior, and for the vast majority of them during the recent market volatility, I was really proud of them because they allowed us to keep them invested in the very plans we had tested for just such a scenario as this. Volatility, stocks and bonds both down. We've literally tested our client portfolio against another 2008-9 crisis happening. And do you think that might happen again? And it was great to watch the vast majority, incredible majority of our clients say, you know what? We believe in the plan that we built and we're going to stay that course. Now, if you're just invested passively, that is that has the potential to damage you, Okay. But we're talking about having a comprehensive financial plan. We call it a financial independence review, and ultimately it becomes a roadmap when we develop that plan for you. 
a plan to make sure you never run out of money before you run out of life, a plan to make sure that a written plan that you don't overpay taxes, both now and when you pass away and leave a legacy to your heirs. So an estate plan as well. A plan to make sure you're not bankrupted by a health care crisis, such as long-term care. And a plan to make sure that your risk is reasonable and managed so that you don't have unlimited downside, so that you don't fall freely the next time the markets take a plunge. That's a comprehensive financial plan. And the great thing is we have the opportunity to visit with people like you every single day who are worried about, hey, what's going to happen? with all this volatility, Colin? What's going to happen with Ukraine and Russia and what we see happening in the markets and inflation and, you know, supply fears and, you know, now China is closing and all these kinds of things? Well, I can tell you, we can plan for those in advance. And as we so often say here, failing to plan is planning to fail. I would love to visit with you about how you can really experience the life that Ronald Reed did as opposed to Richard Fuscone a life where you're financially independent, where you have the freedom and resources to not only take care of yourself, but to spend time with those that you love, do things that you love, do things for the kingdom of God, give generously, live happily without fear of financial ruin. That's what it's all about. That's what financial independence is all about. And we're having conversations with folks just like you every single day so that you can retire without worry and live a life where God can do amazing things through the resources that he has entrusted to you. I'd love to chat with you. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence from a biblical viewpoint. Or check us out online at lordandrichards.com. Investment advisory service is offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.